Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Hey there, I'm Carly Beth Rankin, and it's a pleasure to have you join me today. There's a spot at my table just for you. Now let's break bread together. Well, hello again. I can't believe it, but next week is our last week in the Hall of Faith series. I hope that you've enjoyed it as much as I have. I am having a hard time wrapping my head around today's Hall of Famer, though. Take a look and you'll understand what I mean. In Hebrews 11.30 in the NIV, it says, By faith, the walls of Jericho fell, even after the army had marched around them for seven days. So, is our Hall of Famer the wall that surrounded Jericho, or the army that marched around it? Let's figure this out. When it was time for the Israelites to take possession of the promised land, Jericho was the first city God led them to conquer. But one gigantic obstacle literally stood between them and the fortified city, a wall that stretched about 12 feet high, a hindrance to man, but not for the Lord. God told the fearless Israelite leader Joshua how he would demolish the wall that came between them and their promise. The army was to march around Jericho once a day for six days while seven priests blew trumpets before the Ark of the Covenant. On the seventh day, the army was to march seven times around Jericho and then give a big hoop and holler and the walls would come tumbling down. Joshua briefed his soldiers for their mission with very simple instructions. Take the Ark of the Covenant, blow your trumpets, and go. Oh, and don't let a single word come out of your pie holes until the day I tell you. Joshua 6, 6 through 10, my paraphrase version. Joshua conveniently left out the teeny tiny detail that after they circled the city the last day, the wall would fall. He didn't even tell them how many days they would be marching or what they were marching for which is probably why he had also asked them to keep quiet so they couldn't ruin their task by complaining or questioning what on earth they were doing. My husband would love Joshua's leadership strategy here, how he purposely left his soldiers in the dark while having something up his sleeve he wasn't disclosing. I'm unsure what Joshua's intentions were by keeping the marching miracle to himself, but it had to have resulted in an utterly confused army. I mean, think about it. Every day they woke up, strapped on their sandals, loaded up the Ark of the Covenant, and marched. They would look to Joshua after their walk, and he would direct them back to camp with zero attempts to ascend the wall, zero weapons drawn, and zero opportunities to overthrow the city. Huh. Oh, and while they were frustrated and perplexed, they could ask no questions or voice any doubts. For six silent days, they followed Joshua's command and nothing happened. The seventh day, they woke up at the crack of dawn to begin their march around the city yet again. Except after they circled Jericho once, Joshua kept going. They circled again and again. After the sixth time around, some of Joshua's men may have been ready to start refuting. Some may have been ready to quit in exhaustion. Still, they marched. 
After the seventh and final time around, Joshua finally gave the green light to speak. Hallelujah! When they lifted their voices high, the entire 12-foot wall that stood before them collapsed at their feet. Author Nikki Kozaris, which I am sure I'm pronouncing that wrong, and I apologize. She raised a great question about the miracle march Joshua's army conducted in her book, Five Habits of a Woman Who Doesn't Quit. She pondered, what if his army had stopped on six, given up, and gone home? They had no clue that the seventh time around on the seventh day would bring a breakthrough. For all they knew, they could have been marching around Jericho for months. Had they decided their efforts were meaningless and had deserted their army, they would have missed out on the promised blessing before them. It's the same for us. We aren't given a timeline of when and how our breakthroughs are going to come. A few years ago, I was incredibly distraught over a relationship in my life. There was tension and hurt between the two of us, and I desperately needed God to intervene. I didn't see any progress or feel any change, but I kept praying. I distinctly remember sitting alone on my couch one morning, praying earnestly for this person as I placed our relationship at the feet of Jesus. The very next day, I received a text from this person wanting to meet at a place of forgiveness. I honestly couldn't believe it. I mean, I could because God is God and God is good, but I really didn't feel like my prayers were being answered. Little did I know that couch prayer had been the prayer that prompted a breakthrough. Now, don't get me wrong, there are still things in my life that I'm waiting on a breakthrough for, things that I've been praying over for years. But what if, like the Israelites, we are just one act, one prayer, one day away from our biggest breakthroughs and we don't even know it yet? It makes me wonder how many people have given up on their marriages, jobs, finances, or biggest dreams because they stopped on their sixth moment. Seven was just around the corner, but they surrendered their hope too soon and gave up too early. As I reflect on Joshua's army, they weren't aware of what God had told Joshua, but here's the neat thing. Their faith was not in knowing or even believing in what God would do. It was in the obedience of persisting in what he'd asked. While you and I are waiting for our breakthroughs, we have to keep making the circles, marching the steps, and praying the prayers, staying obedient to whatever God has called us to do. And while we're at it, we could take a much-needed cue from the Israelites and sometimes zip our lips. By heeding Joshua's advice, we can protect ourselves from complaining to God or even griping to others who could potentially influence us to quit. Friend, the stakes of our faith are too high and the blessings ahead are too good to give up now. So onward, march. Oh Lord, I ask that you go perseverance in me to keep persisting even when I feel it's hopeless. And please surround me with Joshua's, who will encourage me to stay obedient in my pursuit. Amen. I also just want to take a quick second and recognize if you feel like you are one of those people who gave up on a sixth moment, God is not limited by your choices. To quote a lyric by Elevation Worship, 
Even the worst of my mistakes are miracles in the making. Romans 8.28 promises us that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. He's taking those moments where you felt defeat or even surrendered it and transforming them into your biggest breakthroughs. Believe it. And I hope that encourages you today. Thanks so much for joining me once again. Please come back next week for our last week in the Hall of Faith series. It's going to be bittersweet, but I hope that it ends with a bang. Um, I love you. May God bless you and have a great week.